Hey guys, welcome to The Gag, otherwise known as The Gayest Gathering. I'm Joey. I'm Ali. And I'm Zia. And we're back with our fourth episode, fourth, fifth, whatever episode. We're being very professional businesswomen, releasing a constant array of episodes. And that's something we should celebrate. So I'm very happy about that. How's everyone? How's everyone doing in their quarantine? Whatever stage or era of quarantine we're honestly in right now. I think we're like in season four of quarantine. Yes. I feel like we're in season four. It's like where the plot is kind of losing its point a bit. The characters are drifting off a bit. The characters are actually like leaving their houses, but not leaving too far because they're still in the show somehow. Yeah. Like you kind of forgot why you tuned in originally, you know, like, yeah, I feel like, like we're just starting season four, season three wrapped up like late August and like season four is just beginning. It's really finding it's finding its purpose for being season four, you know? And you're still watching the show because you know it is something important and you're holding on to like the core reason of what the show is and what's it about and why it started, you know? This Loki sounds like how I feel about Big Brother. If anybody knows me personally, they know it's my favorite show. I have stuck with it for so long, even though it's been like so shitty, but like, yeah, I've been holding on. I was gonna say like, this gives me like, third fourth season of glee for anyone that's watched glee like third fourth season is when like it started again a little like what are we watching and that's where i started falling off at i'd say season five is when i started falling off because i'm pretty sure that's when they like graduated right yeah season five season five was like shit because of the reason itself of them graduating but i feel like three and four was just like like it literally was the fucking third and fourth season of the same shit kind of but just with different not to mention each of their fucking seasons are so fucking long it like i'm re-watching it and i'm still on season one like it's been three years and i'm still on season one of fucking glee like it feels like i'm trying to read the old testament backwards like i've been re-watching it for the past two months like on and off and i'm like in the middle of season two isn't like it should be a sign for fucking summer reading like for kids <laughs> because that shit is just a journey and it takes forever so basically you're saying that we're living in glee right now considering how long these seasons have been since miss rona came to you know what yes you know Mm -hmm. what let's just say that let's blame ryan murphy for corona that's the thing it feels like we're living in a world created by ryan murphy whether it's glee or whether it's american (laughs) horror story it's kind of a bit of both because all we're doing is sad crying and being scared while listening and singing music so yeah like 2020 is the year of ryan murphy it's the year ryan murphy created so it's 2020 written by ryan murphy (laughs) or was it what is like created by ryan murphy whatever coming out 2021 on fx like the moment the moment bitch i will give the biggest fucking eye roll to the tv ever when we start seeing fucking ads for ryan murphy's like scripted series about 2020 in like a few years i'm gonna be like girl uh uh-uh too soon too soon like we can't we absolutely cannot you're saying a few years girl he's gonna start that shit next year yeah he probably has um What's the fag's name? Darren Chris is probably in it. Darren Chris is probably like starring as like Dr. Fauci or something. Leah Michelle is gonna be it. Leah Michelle is gonna be coronavirus. She's starring as coronavirus. She has the lead role of it, of course. Mm-hmm. As any Ryan Murphy production has, you know. Emma Roberts is gonna be in it too. Yes, Emma Roberts is gonna be. What would Emma Roberts be? Emma Roberts would be like the WDC or what? Why am I forgetting what it's she called? She would be. Well, no, she would be like maybe like the first one to contract it in like her college and then like pass it on to everyone. Oh my god! You know, like she yes. she would she'd be central to the spread of Leah Michelle. Yes, yes. <laughs> Not Emma Roberts giving Leah Michelle coronavirus. And then, like, there would always have to be, like, a Nisi Nash cameo somehow. Nisi would be, like, the principal of the school or something. Nisi and her newly engaged ass would definitely be in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe her significant other will be in the show, too. Her and her studsman, yes, absolutely. Yes. Kiki Palmer would probably be in it. It would literally be fucking Ryan Murphy's same shit, which is the same cast just thrown into different fucking shows. Like, he probably has him on some type of union at this point, or speed dial. It would honestly just be Glee mixed with Scream Queens and American Horror Story and, like, the Versace show. Literally all his shows mixed together. That's what it's going to be. And that's exactly what this year feels like, and it especially feels like Scream Queens because it's so long, but it's so short, and it, like... 
you know, it's it's we don't know when it's going to end, but we know it's going to end soon. Hopefully just like Scream Queens, like it just happened abruptly. That and we haven't gotten enough Nick Jonas because I miss him. That's a fact. But, you know, homeboys at home with Miss Clap or Miss Hands, whatever her face is. <laughs> Speaking of gagged and Nick Jonas, he's got me gagged, but we got some other shit to get you guys gagged. Uh, let's start off with Chloe and Hallie. Uh, they recently dropped their Do It remix featuring Doja Cat, uh, The City Girls, and Mulatto. So y'all heard it, right? Yeah. I want to unhear it. See, my thing is the song is called Do It, but they shouldn't have done it. Whatever it is, <laughs> they should not have done. This song already itself, the original, was, in my opinion my top five song of the year forgive me by chloe and hallie being my number one song of the year still and always and fucking forever but it's just really adding to the whole conversation of like bitch we are fucking tired of these unnecessary ass goddamn remixes like who in the music industry do we have to like talk to to be like listen we don't need like as much as we love like female rap and just you know features and collabs in general we don't need 20 people slapped onto a song that each other collaborator doesn't know the other collaborators on to begin with. Henceforth, it just sounds like a fucking mess and an unrehearsed school project. I agree. We don't need a like remix for like every like big track. I feel like remixes are like rarely good and they're only ever good if they're like better than the original. And that's rarely the case. And also I just like, I hate when they just like, like you said, they just like tack on a bunch of people. Like it's a school project and like this school project to me, like Chloe and Hallie, I'll give them passing grades, but everybody else like, I'll give like Doja Cat, I'll give her a C, Mulatto, I'll give her a D. The City Girls, they got Fs. And that's the thing. Uh, when I was hearing the song, I was like, okay, well, it's going, it started off okay. And then it kept kind of going gradually a little, started degrading a little bit. And then I started to hear uh, Young Miami's verse. And it just, I was like, what, why, why is this here? Why did this come to exist in this way? You know, it's, it. It was definitely an unnecessary group project. And that's the thing. Like, I, yes, as even as a fucking City Girl stand, like, young Miami's verse girl, like, I didn't listen to the song in full once that shit came on because I was sitting in my room editing the podcast and that shit came on and I was like, girl, I'm not listening to this. Like, I listened through Doja and then some of JT and then when Risha came on, I was like, girl, Whatever this is about to give me, I'm not listening to this. I already had enough. I already been through enough traumatizing experiences. And a minute and a half of this song has already been traumatizing. But I have an opinion. Honestly, I think everyone else on the song is just as bad as Young Miami. And we love these girls. Like, let's just, like, make that clear. Like, we are City Girl stands. We... Uh, not we. Not we. Okay. Well, I am. Girl, you know, damn mother would beat our faggot asses. Okay. They've tweeted about it. So um we don't do we not deserve that? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> like, sometimes, yes. <laughs> I don't just stand for the music, but I stand for the outwards homophobia that honestly we could probably use more of in this world. So I stand for that reason. Like you're gonna make great music and be homophobic. Are you trying to like steal my heart? Like I love it. But yeah, so I I just think for everyone in like Twitter and stuff like that, it's easier to like drag on and like cling on to like the whole young Miami thing. Cause she's, she always is being dragged over her verses and stuff like that. So when, you know, another new bad young Miami verse comes out, it's going to be the standout point of the song, not in a good way. And people are just going to go after her for it. Whereas Doja's verse, and this goes to a lot of other girls verses on the songs, the verses themselves aren't bad, but it's literally like blindly slapped and glued onto a song that is not, meant for it at all like yeah, it just it didn't fit in. yeah just two different pages yes i agree that uh they did not fit like none of the rap sections or like the singing that jt was trying to do um but like i think it was like just very clear that like young miami's was the worst and i will say i've never thought that like young miami's verses like were bad this is the first yeah. time i've thought like wow this is a bad verse i've just always thought that jt is the clear better rapper in the group that's just because jt was like 
she had an interest in like being a rapper and she was like writing and rapping like even before like she asked Carisha to like be in a rap duo with her like JT was like the Robin in the situation in my opinion and it's unfortunate that like you know JT's talent kind of gets a little dulled down because of that. But I will say, I'm not like, I don't think like Carisha's always done badly. But yeah, Carisha, I like, you could tell that she's not the one that's like more prone to doing it. But at the same time, I've never thought she's done badly on a song. But this is the first time I've been like, girl, this verse is shit. And I know she gets a lot of hate on Twitter, but that's because of like other shit she does. I don't think it's necessarily just because of music. It's because of like personal shit and like tweeting and like other shit like that. But this verse, I think she absolutely deserved to get dragged for. And she's been tweeting up a storm. Like I, after this song came out, she was like, <laughs> she was like on Twitter and she was like, damn, y'all said I ruined the song. And I was like, ooh. And she just kept tweeting more. She's like, like she what did you no not idea. like about it? Like, what, what was the problem with it? And people were just like, mm, this, 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 and that. But then, like, she got people being like, oh, girl, no, they talking shit. It's great. I don't know what they're talking about. She's like, yeah, that's right. My Miami bitch is no taste. And I'm like, girl, let's not act like that's the case. But, like, I don't know who heard that song and her section specifically and thought, you know what? This is it. That's the thing. You know what I thought when I first heard it? And I was talking to my friend Steven, and he said this. He was like, you're telling me that Beyonce heard this shit and it was like, all right, y'all can put it out. Because if that's the case, then girl, I I don't know who I feel more bad for us or the fact that like Beyonce to sit in an office and press play on this shit and be like, all right, we could put it out. Like <laughs> they must've caught her on a good fucking day. They must've caught her on a good fucking day. She was probably like, you know what? My birthday's coming up. Let me just do something good for the girls. No, I think Beyonce was too busy thinking about her birthday that she didn't even, like, she wasn't even part of this process. <laughs> There's no way in hell Beyonce should, like, her name should be brought up in this at all. I do not think she would have cleared that shit. If she had heard it, she would not have cleared it, to be quite honest. And the fact that Chloe and Hallie are still, like, you know, trying to push this shit on Twitter, I'm like, girl, no, no. That's the thing. I wonder what, like, now that you say that, I agree. I wonder what, like, Beyonce's reaction was. And she was just scrolling on Instagram or Blue was scrolling on Instagram for her. And she was like, wait, do a remix with City Girls, Mulatto, and Doja Cat. Who? Jay, did you pass this? Like, who who said, who gave this the green light? No pun intended. I know damn well it wasn't Blue Ivy. Because I know damn well when Blue Ivy, like, heard the song, she told her mother, she's like, mother, um, talk to your friends. Um, did you hear that shit they just dropped? Um, it's a no from me. It's a no from me, dog. No. Yeah, my final thoughts on it is it's not the girls, like each of the collaborators or Chloe Halley's like bad. Like it's not their L. I just think it's the labels L and just the music industry's L where it's like, we need to just stop doing these fucking unnecessary ass remixes. Because I mean, I don't blame the girls. Like if you were fucking Doja Cat or... Mulatto, and they're just like, hey, do you want to hop on this remix of the biggest song of the year? Bitch, yes. I don't care how shitty my verse sounds. I'm getting my name out there. It's literally product placement, but with people. You know what I mean? It's taking a big platform and taking names or something or items or people, artists that want exposure and placing them in that. It's literally product placement. So I get it. It's great for business purposes, but in terms of music and the art of music itself and the art of the song do it itself and its excellence... I'm all right. Y'all can keep it and y'all should not have done it. Uh, don't stream this one. Just stream the original. Yeah, please. Mm -hmm. Please do that. And maybe save your room after you listen to it. There we go. And speaking of OGs, let's talk about two OGs that, you know, that we live for. Or some of us. I don't know. Uh, let's talk about Beyonce and Britney. It's the battle of the debut singles. So who do you think had a better debut single? Beyonce. Or Britney. People were discussing it on Twitter and um, it was a thought. And we're like, you know what? Let's see what we think. So they were comparing the two singles, Crazy in Love and Baby One More Time as which one was the better debut. Mm -hmm. I did hear some people say that technically Crazy in Love wasn't Beyonce's mm -hmm. debut single. But regardless, Crazy in Love versus Baby One More Time. Who are you picking? Um, Crazy in Love was her debut solo single. I know she had like a feature with like Jay Z while she was a solo artist. Yeah, after like 
uh, after Destiny's Child, I can't believe I almost forgot it. Oh my God. After Destiny's Child, the disrespect. I apologize to Kelly and Michelle and Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter, my fave. Uh, the fave, um, which like, so I'm very biased. Um, I'm very biased towards Beyonce. If you ask me which song I've listened to the most and which music video I've watched the most, it's gonna be Crazy in Love for me. Um, I feel like both definitely have like a cultural impact but yeah. I personally just like, I wore the fuck out of Crazy in Love. I remember when I got my first iPod and my cousin downloaded like Hella Music for me. That was one of the songs that I just kept playing on rotation along with Beautiful Liar and along with like practically almost any other Beyonce or Destiny's Child thing. So yeah, um, for me, I'm gonna say my answer first in terms of better debut. It would be Baby Over Time, so Britney. As biased as that may sound, because I am a Britney stan of 20 years, that literally was my first album, everything, had the Britney tattoo, all that bullshit. But I am a Beyonce stan also. But I choose Baby One More Time because both are culturally significant songs. With that being said, in my opinion, I think Crazy in Love is the best pop song, and I've said this before, is the best pop song of the modern times like of the 2000s and of this like of the new millennium or whatever of the 21st century crazy in love is the greatest pop song of all time but in terms of just debut and what song like you know the song you put out first and everything i just think the impact that baby one more time really shifted culture it created a whole new lane of music and it created a whole new lane of pop because let's remember that baby one more time came out in 1996 whereas the uh dominant music genres at that time it was during the whole grunge movement and i was watching clueless the other day and i was thinking the same thing for you to come out in a schoolgirl uniform or in clueless the movie's case come out in all done up balenciaga schoolgirl uniforms and all prim and proper in the midst of like the grunge era and just be so fucking unapologetically pussy is sickening and we saw the results after it you know no shade to the other girls but after Britney came the Britney clones and came everyone trying to be Britney until like somewhere in the mid 2000s. That was, you know what I mean? It literally created a shift. It Britney was the first major machine in music and that all happened from the video. And it, talking about the song itself, like the first, you know, keynote, when you hear that piano at the beginning, you know what fucking song it is. Same thing with Crazy in Love though. When you hear that intro and you hear the horns, you know what song it is too. So both of that have that to their excellent credit. But just in terms of the cultural shift, I would say Baby One More Time, even though Crazy in Love still has it, the same significance. It's such a neck and neck battle. So I give both of them my 10s, but I give Baby One More Time her 11s. I absolutely understand where you're coming from and I absolutely agree. But to me personally, yeah. I just, I feel like Crazy in Love was like the beginning of the artist of this generation. So I agree, 100%. which is why I go with that. Well, so the thing is, like, for me, I'm not really a stan of either. I love both Britney and yeah. Beyonce and acknowledge that they're both incredibly influential and talented artists. I love Crazy in Love as a song, as a music video. I love everything about it. But I mean, I think Joey said it better in his thesis analysis right now of it. But yeah. like... I just remember seeing the music video for the first time of Baby One More Time and seeing the uniforms and like the whole aesthetic of it. And it might sound kind of messed up, but like because I was so young when I saw it, I was like, oh, it's like what I imagine high school yeah. me will be like. So like yeah. I kind of related to it in that way. And it was just really catchy. Um, I don't know. I, I just I when it came out, I really liked Baby One More Time. But of course, Crazy in Love will always be iconic. That's the thing. Whoever made this tweet knew what the fuck they was doing. It's so hard and both of them have their fucking points, but I stand with just, uh, it fucking sucks because both of them are so good, but I just stand with Baby One More Time simply for like the lane it literally created that was not there before. A whole new fucking lane was constructed, built and put out and thus forth. Britney was leading it while the other girls followed in traffic. You know what this, like, the tweet about this made me find out? That apparently um, Baby One More Time was originally written for TLC, but they turned it down. I didn't know that. 
Really? Oh, mm-hmm. As a Britney stan, I would do that. Yep, it was meant for TLC. Damn. Yeah. Could you imagine? I could see them doing I can absolutely hear it. Cause like their style, like stylistically, I could hear it, but like I definitely feel yeah. like it would not have been in the same direction. And I feel like it. I feel like if they had had it, it would not have been as iconic. Because to be honest, when it comes to TLC, people think no scrubs and waterfalls, and that's pretty much it. I see. Like I could definitely see them covering it, but just like what you said, are doing the song, it would just be a different version of it. I could definitely see like T Boz like slaying the fuck out of like the deep verses in the beginning and the harmonies around the chorus, but it would just be a different song. Whereas I think the appeal of Baby One More Time is that it's so fucking tongue in cheek, especially at the time too. This was the 90s, granted. So we didn't have WAP and wet ass pussies all over the place now. So for someone to hear the line, hit me baby one more time, especially being sung by like a 17 year old. It's like, what? You know, it's it. that's what's so kind of subconsciously and unintentionally genius about baby one more time is that it everything just worked like you know it's just so tongue-in-cheek and it, it just naturally got attention it's just such a buzz single do you think part of like the legacy or the iconic status of baby one more time is the visual aspect which was the whole like high school like the little dance and like the hallway you know like do you feel like maybe that is part of the reason why it became so iconic uh, absolutely. I think that's like a big reason why because like music videos were taken like a lot more seriously back then and had like a lot more like a value then. I feel like the past like decade that has not been the case for the most part. But I feel like recently, like again, like people, I think maybe because like Corona, people are like artists who have been putting things out have been trying more with their music videos because they can't promote as much. So I feel like, you know, culture is getting back to that. But like, yeah, when you think like maybe one more time, you think of the uniform, you think of the outfit, you think of like the video. And I think that's what like people needed back then to like really pop off. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think I don't think it's the only thing that made the song popular, but I do think it's a huge factor of how the song got popular because, you know, I feel like at this point, especially as time progresses and Baby One More Time is such a nostalgic thing, it's now, even if the video isn't playing and it comes on in a bar, it's that song now that comes on at the bar at 3 a.m. when, like, last call's happening and you are just so fucked up and everyone screams the lyrics. You know what I mean? It's that whole thing and it's been redone and recovered in so many movies. It's has a really kind of interesting like storyline attachment in like Freaky Friday from like 2003 if anyone remembers that like it's you know it's very it's just so like nostalgic and just kind of easy to cling on to so it's it's just interesting to see how it's grown into this like nostalgic hit just like how you know people listen to like Journeys Don't Stop Believing and it's now just that song you fucking listen to and you're spiraling drunk as hell or you know so it's it's I don't know it's it's just interesting uh, as far as Britney versus Beyonce and like these debuts, uh, Twitter loves to start like rivalries between like different fandoms, but it's completely up to your opinion and which one you like best. Yeah, nonetheless, these singles are iconic. These women are fucking iconic. Mm-hmm. They're truly our heroes and we trust them with our lives. So nonetheless, Absolutely. we stand and we love the... We love comparing the artistry, though. We're not going to have them compete against each other, but we will compare. Nonetheless, we stand these legendary, legendary classic women. And speaking of legendary and classic things, Bring It On, the fucking iconic Bring It On movie turned 20 this August. I think it was like last week or so. And we just wanted to give a quick shout out to that since we're going down our 90s nostalgia, early 2000s nostalgia, future nostalgia moment. I wore the fuck out of that movie. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, oh my God, what is this mess? That's when I started watching all these like crazy ass teen movies. And I was like, I live for it. I was obsessed. I was so obsessed. And it's in what like, oh Lord, this is so cheesy, but it's in one of my top 10 movies. When it comes to movies, I don't care for like quality as much as I care for just like the impact it has on me as in like, do I find it interesting enough? Is it memorable as fuck to me? And how often have I watched it? And how often will I continue to watch it? And that's a movie that I've gone back to many times. As far as the sequels, no. Um, haven't gone back to those. 
um, yeah. much, not much. Do you remember the sequel? Um, I'm tr- was it All or Nothing, the one with Rihanna in it? It was yeah. Rihanna, Hayden Panettiere, Hayden Panettiere, Solange, and Solange. Oh my God, I remember that. The part that stands out to me is who is the. She was like this, like Nicole Richie looking ass bitch in the movie. The her yes, friend Winnie, yeah, you, you, Winnie, fucking Winnie. I just remember the part where they're at like the final showcase or whatever, and she like somehow I'm trying to remember what it was, but Winnie says the word ghetto in terms of Hayden's new score or whatever, and Rihanna's mm-hmm. just like what? <laughs> like I just remember that distinct memory as like Rihanna's hosting this thing and fucking bring on. Oh, it was so 2006. Oh, fucking take <laughs> us back. What a what a lineup! Like wow, Solange, Hayden Panettiere, and fucking Rihanna all in one film together. What was two thousand six? Like, <laughs> what the fuck was that? But um, do you have a favorite scene, real quick, from Bring It On? Oh my god! Oh, hold on! Shit, I can't think. Oh wait, hold on. Missy's audition. In Missy's audition, when she was just like I was flipping the fuck around the gym, and like they were just those bitches were shook. Like Courtney and Whitney. Oh my god, the fact that I remember all these names that lets you know how much I've watched this damn movie. Courtney and Whitney were just shook. They're like, "Well, fuck, she's good," but yeah, she did it. No, also anything related to Cliff and Torrance when like Torrance was at like Missy yeah. and Cliff's house for the sleepover and they were in the bathroom that like cute like toothbrushing scene so yeah that was cute Zia <laughs> I haven't I have to admit I haven't watched that movie in a minute but it definitely is up there with that like early 2000s high school movies like Freaky Friday Mean Girls and Bring It On were exactly what I thought high school would be and what it was not at all. But I still love them. But yeah, I haven't seen it in a minute, so I can't remember specific scenes. Yeah. It's funny that Ali said his favorite scene was Missy's audition because I was going to fucking say that. Now I'm like, you know what? This answer is so basic, but like my favorite fucking scene because it's fucking classic and iconic and it showcases what the movie is about and its theme at its fucking core in one scene. It's the like the fucking, what is it called? the scene where both teams come together and they're doing the same routine at once. When, do you know what I'm talking about? When they come to the Toros game, they're doing their routine, Gabrielle Union and her team, they come Mm. and they're literally doing the same exact routine. Oh yeah, that's true. That part when they got called out at the game, when the Uh Clovers call out the Toros for like, you know, Jack in the choreo, but it was Big Red's fault, not Torrance's fault. At the same time, I don't give a shit. That was like my introduction to Gabrielle Union. And I was like, okay. I live for the Clovers. Oh my God. I want to be a Clover so, for Halloween. I know that's basic as fuck, but like, let me buy the damn uniform. Shit. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, um, shout out to all the legendary classic things we've recapped and fantasized about in our little 90s nostalgia edition of Got Me Gagged, even though we didn't really mean it for it to be that way. But we love a nostalgic moment, as Mariah always says. But going on to more legendary iconic things. We're going to take a break real quick and we'll be back with the legendary and iconic gag reflex. Welcome back to the gag, otherwise known as the gayest gathering. I'm Joey. I'm Ali. And I'm Zia. And we're going to get into gag reflex. So yes, please have your water ready, your lozenges ready, your menthol tablets ready because it's about to get slippery and wet. And it's a lot of people up in here, so. And I'm not talking about Mizi and Ali. We're talking about our trade of the week, which we are going to be doing something different this week. Whereas we normally nominate one member to be, or one person to be our trade of the week. This week we said, why not more the merrier? Isn't everything much more fun when you got more people in it or more people in you? If you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Y'all are judging me. child anyway so child big boobs child anyway so for this week's trade of the week we would like to do something different where we nominate a bunch of options for trade of the week and we rank them and this week we are going to have our one direction edition of trade of the week so yes ma'am you heard it right we are going to be ranking the members of one direction liam zane harry niall louis all the motherfuckers we're gonna be talking about which one is the finest of them all Okay, so my ranking is like how I feel about them now. How I felt about them back then is different from how I feel about them now. 
Okay, so my ranking, uh, my ranking used to, okay, back in the day when they were like still all together, I'd say that like Zayn was like the top for me and then like Harry and then like Liam and then Niall and Louie I never really paid attention to. But um, I'd say there was a point in time where Liam was first because he just got, he got real fine after they went solo and I was like, ooh, Okay, and he was posting all these thirst traps on Instagram. And I was like, everyone's like, Harry this, Harry that, Zane this, Zane that. And I'm like, but Liam. There was that one picture that was going viral of Liam in his like PJs or something like that outside on the balcony. This was back in like what, like 2015. And there was a bulge and people may have been editing onto it. And that went viral as well. I just, I... Yeah, I used to love Liam until he started giving me white uh, Jason Derulo vibes. Then I just had to stop. And like his solo music also gave me white Jason Derulo vibes. I just like, it was it was so bad. And I used to love him too a lot because he was with Cheryl Cole. And Cheryl Cole, if, like, if you talk about like British queens to me, Cheryl Cole is number one on that list for me. It used to be Adele, but you know, hello pond the other side um cheryl cole is like she is it for me i love the fuck out of that bitch but yeah no liam's not my top anymore my ranking now is like what it used to be it is uh it's zane because like he's uh lord the flavor um and then liam and then harry and then niall and then louis okay zia so I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I was not a One Direction girl at all. Um, I was too busy worrying about like fictional vampires and shit. So like I never got into One Direction. Um, so I didn't really have a ranking at the time. I was just vaguely aware of them. So my ranking of them when I didn't really know them too well was uh, Zane, then Niall, then Liam slash Louis, because I still don't know the difference between the two. And then Harry, actually, because I was thinking about it and I I didn't I really didn't think Harry was attractive at all. Um, and I like the Liam slash Louis uh, grouping for me were kind of in the middle. So that was my original ranking of them. Now things have changed. And honestly, I don't really rank them anymore. I really I, for me, it's just Harry, to be honest. Aesthetics, personality, music, talent. It's just Harry. If we could let you guys in on some of the behind the scenes that goes on at the gag, we have an outline where we have all of our faves listed in order and we have our rankings and everything. Zia literally has just Harry. Just so you know how hard she rides for Harry or how hard she wants to ride Harry or how hard she will ride Harry (laughs) when she rides him. So just had to explain that. Like Zia means this shit. I do. I mean, and again, I'm not a One Direction stan. I'm not. Listen, Harry stands. Please do not come for me. Like, I, I'm not trying to take your man or anything. But listen, he went from honestly the last one in my rankings when he was in One Direction to like the top. So shout out to Harry. Zia loves herself a bootleg Bowie and a bootleg Freddie Mercury. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you know what? You're not That's wrong. <laughs> That's a fact. And look at that. The journey to how Harry went from bottom to Zia's top. It's a journey. Yes. It it is a journey. And hopefully one day he'll be all of our tops. Oh my God. There you go. I'm saying. Um, So for me, let me just say it first. If I could get any gayer, here it goes. I am a fucking One Direction stand. I've been a One Direction stand. Before I am an American, I am a One Direction stand. Before I'm an Egyptian, I'm a One Direction stand. I stand since the beginning, since the moment I saw What Makes You Beautiful on TV in my freshman year and prior to my freshman year, I fucking stand. And so at the moment when I first saw the video, my first attraction was to who Zia gets confused, which was Louie and Liam. I thought Louie and Liam were so fine when I was little. I don't know why Liam has like these really like puppy dog like eyes, especially like in the earlier days of What Makes You Beautiful video. Um, I was a fucking Louie girl for a majority of my membership at the One Direction Club as a directioner, as a platinum member of the club. Yeah, I don't know why Liam or not Liam. Louie was just so fine. He also was like the first one to start getting like tattoos and stuff like that, even before Harry and like, 
his body was just like building in a certain way that I really liked when I was little. Yeah, I was a full on Louis. Stan. Are you mixing up Louis and Liam? Because I'm thinking about it and I'm just like, huh. no, girl, Louis, honey. Okay, okay, I just pulled up photos of both of them. How can y'all tell the difference? What do you mean? I could tell they're the difference. One was fine yeah. and one wasn't. I'm sorry. They, both I see, cannot tell the difference. Both of them was at some point, but now obviously Liam is the currently the more finer one, Liam which goes trade. on. I think he's the most trade, but he's still not the... Oh, okay. I'm saying he's the most trade, yet I rank them second. Zayn is just way more trade to me. Yeah. But, See, like, visually, Liam is, like, what I'm like, oh, yes. But, like, overall, it's Zayn for me. I, I usually don't care for pretty boys, but Zayn. Nah, Zayn is hot as hell. I think Zayn is really fine, especially, like, obviously as he's gotten older. But I feel like he's he leans a little bit more, like, pretty boy-ish, which, like, that ain't me and Ali's thing at all. But also, like, I feel like Zayn being, you know, a Middle Eastern sister as well, I feel like he could possibly be just, like, one of my cousins. So thus forth, my attraction to him, like, turns down a few notches. And I'm just like, ugh, feels like I'm crushing on, like, a cousin. Or, like, it feels like I'm crushing on, like, one of your relatives that you call your cousins. But, like, they just over your house a lot. So that's what fucks it up for me. So with that all being said, my current ranking of all of them is Harry, Zayn, Liam, Louie, then Niall. Love you, Niall, girl, but I'm sorry. You're at the bottom of the list, and Harry's at the top of the list because I think the way Harry has morphed into just this essence, aura, and just sack of big dick energy is just uh, beyond, truly fucking beyond, girl. Harry used to serve, like, you know, little boy bander, and, like, he's changed into, you know, like, a rocker. And like, well, eccentric rocker. And I like it. I like that for him. But it's still Zane for me. I don't know. I just, I think it's that now that I've actually cared enough to like listen to Harry's individual music. I think that's what's helped kind of move up the rank a little bit. Because aesthetically he's there and musically he's there. I don't know if I could say the same thing for Zane, which is why Zane is not at the top of my list. I agree. I think in terms of MVP and full package, Harry's the MVP in the full package. Full package, baby. I'd say as far as music, I think Zane's is better, but he doesn't put out as much and he doesn't like show as much personality. I think his music is better. I'm going to say it. I'm sorry. I'm not girl, that sorry, way, I think his music is girl. better. The way you guys just like cock, but like not the fracas. like, oh! The w- speed at which me and Zia's necks, faces, and like lips quivered and perked and turned over is just astonishing. And I wish quarantine could end just as quick as we've reacted so quickly to that. Girl, love you and everything. Love Zane, but don't love the music. I know everyone's entitled to their own opinions, but yes, some opinions completely. are just wrong. Like, yes, that's just your, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I just enjoy more Zane songs than I do Harry. Harry, I'll put second. Third, I'll put Niall. Fourth, I'll put Liam and then like Louie. I heard one of his things and I'm like, okay, that's all I need to hear. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like Zane's art pop could mean anything, but to me, his art pop don't mean shit. <laughs> so. <laughs> Same girl. Y'all are haters. So thus forth, Harry wins my heart, my bussy, and my streams on Spotify. Well, listen, Zayn Hadid wins my streams on Spotify and my bussy. Harry, I don't know. He can have everything. I just want his closet. God damn. <laughs> there could just be... Can you imagine the amount of Gucci that must be in there? See, God that's damn. the thing. Zia would just be sitting in fucking Harry's closet. And I'd be like, bitch, if you don't take that fucking shirt off, like, bitch, let's fuck. Like, fuck the clothes. <laughs> we'll talk about them later. Take that shit off. Zia will look at it later. <laughs> bitch. The Gucci. No. Yes, Let Zia start fucking with Harry. She'd be like, um, keep the clothes on, please. But yeah. <laughs> Zia would fuck Harry with the clothes on so she could be like, oh my, she would be reading the tags while she's like, fucking like. <laughs> oh my God, this was 2019 collection. <laughs> could, you, oh my God, could you imagine? He's just like, you like that? You like that? Be like, oh my gosh, yes, I love it. It's 2019. And he's like, I thought it was 10 inches. And you're like, oh no, 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 no. I'm talking about this Hermes blazer or whatever you're wearing. Like. I don't fucking know if Hermes makes fucking blazers. But that's the thing. Zia would literally be reading Harry's 
closet down while they fucking like as he's unzipping like the fly be like oh be careful with that that's vintage that's like (laughs) and who knows maybe you could be his first baby mama because he's like one of the only two that don't have children like him and niall him and niall are the only ones who aren't dads the other three are dads listen i'm down to be the bianca jagger to harry styles (laughs) yeah i'm here for it i'll just be the side chick that's fine with me. It seems to be a reoccurring and starring role in my life, so I'm I'm oh. down to play it. It's it's like my typecast thing, you know. So if I were to be typecasted as anything, it would be the side chick, which is completely fine. It works perfectly. Damn. Well, speaking of securing the bag, Zia, I know we were just talking about you wanting to be Harry's baby mama, but how about upgrading and in- being engaged to him and being his fiance and maybe one day being his wife? Wouldn't that be lovely? I wouldn't mind that. If he were to propose to you, would you prefer a ring, a bracelet, a tattoo? That's kind of creative, actually. A bracelet or a tattoo or something like that. I mean, rings are, rings are. I mean, are they like overdone? It's kind of basic. I don't know. There's been a hella gaze during quarantine that I've noticed that I have been getting engaged and whatnot. I just saw a couple recently that got engaged and they got engaged with these little like they're like silver like actual like real silver bracelets which with each other's names engraved in them so i was wondering do we prefer a ring something classic or would we be open to another style of symbolizing engagement because this is an important question as materialistic as it may sound it's fucking important because hopefully one day we get to that point in our lives where we get engaged to uh so i do not aspire for marriage if i do it will be for money i'm just saying that right now it will be for money for sure uh if it happens for love which i like no not for me um (laughs) i have experienced many messy ass relationships um in my lifetime not mine but um i've also seen many messy ass tattoos and like tattooing is something that a lot of people do like tattooing rings and stuff that is not something i would do i would not get a tattoo on my body for somebody who is alive and like able to disappoint me like no (laughs) i'd rather you be dead or beyonce okay so that is it um uh, as far as like accessories, I, I can be a materialistic bitch. I love me some bracelets and rings. When I go out, I have me some bracelets and rings on because I just don't like my hands feeling naked. That's just me. Um, I started wearing rings in high school and I have not stopped. So I would like, I would go with a ring. Um, and I would like, you know what? A watch. I would love an engagement watch. I think that would be cute. But a tattoo? Hell no. That is actually, that's some city girl shit. That's cute. (laughs) Fuck a ring, bitch. Get me a Rolex. And here's a question I have for you with the ring. If, say, it's, you know, since, like, engagement rings are an art of its own, and they're always usually expensive, they're very luxurious, and they're a valuable item. If you get proposed with a bracelet, can it be any bracelet? Or do you have to put, or does your partner have to put just as much time, effort, and money into that bracelet as they would with a Tiffany ring or something. Uh, no, that bracelet or that watch that you proposed to me with, that should better look expensive. I'm sorry, I don't care. It better exactly. look expensive. Okay, so with both of you guys being open to either bracelets or rings, say it's a ring and it's not a ring up to your preferred quality, what would you think? And I have an example. So whenever I hear this question, I think about this one episode of 16 and Pregnant, if anyone remembers, when Amber and Gary got engaged. I'll never forget watching this as, like, a clueless, like, 12-year-old. You know, since they were clearly broke, 16 and pregnant, or at least Amber was, Gary took his ass to Walmart and got her a $16 engagement ring and proposed to her with that. With that being said, if that ring held a bunch of significance to you, and personal value, would it outvalue the actual price value of the ring? And would you let it slide and let that shit slide on your ring finger and say, yes, I do? I would never allow a $16 ring to mean anything to me, especially okay. if a guy named Gary bought it from Walmart. I'm sorry. That might sound mean, but no. Mm-mm. That's a really good point because it's not materialistic at all. It's like, this ring should be, and maybe I'm putting too much symbolism and meaning into the ring, but it's like, motherfucker, this is my engagement ring. This ring symbolizes the strength of our relationship, the value of our relationship, 
And if it's an engagement ring, it's like, this is representing like what you think of me, or at least I'm taking it that way. Like, so if you like compare me to a $16 ring from Walmart, girl, I'm not a $16 bitch. I may be 20, but that's capping. I mean, the the thing is also like, I know, cause you know, I, you were getting all sentimental being like symbol of our love and whatever. Uh-huh. Like the thing is like, I'm not even pressed to get married. Yeah. Especially just for love. So like as much as I may love a person or care for them, I would maybe struggle to see them as someone to marry if we're kind of not on the same page. I don't yeah. want to say only financially, but like, bitch, that's a big part of it. It's a partnership. Y'all are stuck together. Your debts and your successes. So if you love me, then if you love me and you can't afford a ring that like you know would want, then don't propose to me yet. Like, just don't do it. Uh-huh. Um, and like, if we really do love each other and like marriage is a plan for us, then you should know my taste level. You should know what I would want because it would definitely be a prior conversation. Um, and you would get me the ring that I absolutely deserve. So yeah. Okay. I, mm, I don't want to be mean, but I feel like I just struggle to fall deeply, deeply in love with someone so much that I want to marry them. Same. Yeah. And they're at a $16 Walmart ring price range. Not that money's everything, but the hard truth about it is that if you are married, you're going to be legally and financially bound to that person. And I want certain things in life. And I don't think that includes a $16 Walmart ring. Sorry about it. If that was just a like a temporary ring because he's in a financial pinch but you guys want to be together and engage so bad and then later on once he gets a job and share just has his financial shit together he gets you the ring of his dreams would you be cool with that or no still doesn't cut it i'm gonna sound like a bitch i'm not here to sit back and hold someone's hand and wait for shit to work out for them at the point that if i ever want to get married i'm really not pressed to get married to be honest so at that stage you know, I, me and myself, I want to work hard and accomplish certain things and reach a certain level myself that yeah. I don't feel like it would be fair for my future self to not expect that from my partner, especially someone that I'll be tied to for the rest of my life. If that's, you know, if we're really being serious about marriage, it's supposed to be a lifelong commitment. So that just, no. Mm-mm. See, this is why Zia is going to be marrying Harry Styles because one, He's the man of her dreams. And two, she probably won't have to deal with this broke struggle shit because he'll get you your Cartier bracelet and all that. So that's, I see where you're going with this whole Mary <laughs> Harry style thing. Um, I absolutely agree with Zia. Um, I personally believe that marriage is not for me. Um, I have experienced a lot of like divorce in my family and not just divorce, just like very unstable relationships that are like for people that are still together. Um, and that's not something I want for myself. And I don't see there being any problem with like loving somebody long-term and just leaving it at that. If I do get married, it, honestly, like, yes, it will be a money situation. It will, like, it could be a financial situation. But like, as far as like, if I really love someone, I just like, I'm still not gonna be 100% about like marriage enough for somebody. Also, don't propose to me if like, if you don't have the finances to be buying, you know, a ring to propose with and like, you know, and to plan like, uh, if you don't have the finances to like plan a wedding too, like then just wait, like just wait. Like, yeah, there's no need for that. I agree. That's my thing. The whole like 16 pregnant, $16 ring scandal thing. My opinion on that is it's not necessarily or it's not exactly the ring being cheap and you giving me a cheap ring is what pisses me off or is what doesn't work with me. But it's like, like what kind of like what Zia was saying, it's like, this is marriage girl. So if you are struggling to put money to get this fucking ring, how am I supposed to lean on you as my husband or work together as a married couple to afford things like our first apartment, our first car, our fucking kid, um, magnum condoms for when you don't want to fuck raw. Like, how are you about to afford all that shit? I think the the key, if I had to have like a key takeaway here, is that money doesn't matter with love. You know, it doesn't matter when you're in love, when you're dating. If you're 
a partner with another person. It does not matter. Mm-hmm. Marriage, on the other hand, money matters in marriage. So think That's about that shit before you take that $16 Walmart ring and put it on your left hand, Mary. Okay? Look at us being fucking single ass 23 year olds telling people about marriage. (laughs) 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 So, oh God. But um, yeah, I agree completely. That's a really fucking good point too. Um, Hopefully like the two like married people that listen to this podcast, like remember that or if Amber and Gary themselves are listening or if people that are in Amber and Gary's position, hopefully you're not, but could resonate with that. But going back to the whole, um, bracelet or alternate engagement symbolism prop topic um i would i'm honestly fine with anything that symbolizes our engagement to me or unlike ali for me i hate wearing rings i think like my fingers are always really stubby and really fat and they're really sensitive whenever i have salt and sodium they always load up and it's really annoying to deal with and it makes me really emotional and really insecure so the last thing i would want is a skinny old Tiffany ring squeezing on this sausage ass of a ring finger. You know what I mean? Like, so honestly, I would kind of prefer a bracelet. A bracelet would be cute. There is, I hate being that bitch. I'm not going to be that bitch, but I'm going to slightly be that bitch. There is a part of me that thinks like the tattoo thing is cute, but that's just me living my like Nicholas Sparks fantasy, but I'm obviously not going (laughs) to do that in real life. Like if I were a part of my Nicholas Sparks fantasy and I could write it and write that my man's going to be there forever with me and not disappoint me. Then bitch. Yes. We could get some type of cute tattoo or tattoo ring, but you know, reality is reality. And reality is, is that men ain't shit. So I'm definitely not going to be getting a tattoo darling and I'll stick with like a bracelet, but it has to be, and not even to be materialistic, but just to make the experience more abundant in a way, not saying money makes experiences, but like that would be, I think that whole idea of getting like the other person's name engraved in a bracelet is really cute too. And I would honestly kind of prefer that besides a ring. I love Ali's idea with the watch though. That's sickening. That is fucking sick. It doesn't have to be like a Rolex either. Just a nice fucking watch. That would be cool. Maybe like you could get it custom with like our initials inside of it. Um, I don't need yet. No. I don't need a man's name or initials on my shit. Like, no, it will just be for me. Let's leave it at that. Like, I'll know I'm married to you. I'll know what we have. I don't need your, like, I don't need your written anything on my possessions or on my body. Nah, I want, like, if it's something that's not, like, a tattoo and not, like, inked onto my body, like, if it's a ring or a bracelet, nah, I want your name. I want, like, I'm I'm a passionate ass motherfucker. Not saying that somebody that doesn't want it is not passionate, but, like, I need that shit because that's what separates it from any other fucking bracelet. Okay. You know what I mean? Also, it shows that you could afford it also shows that you could afford to get it customized too. And that extra $125 fee makes the biggest fucking difference. Not to be that bitch, but sometimes uh fr- engravings are free for certain luxury brands, so he may have just gotten it for free. But I do I do agree though yeah. that like yeah, I mean, if you're going to get a special piece like okay, let's say Harry Styles probably going to be a Gucci ring. I'm not mad about that, but like, I better not go to the Gucci store and see 10 of the same ring. Like, exactly. Did he like, just like, stop by Soho on his lunch break filming a music video and pick this up? Like, no. Exactly. There needs to be our like no. anniversary date or like no. our initials or like the other person's name. Stop this ring. We want a husband. Ali, Ali, do you want to just retain the value of it so you can sell it for more later? I'll know what it represents. I don't need your anything on it. Like, we already have our names together on paper. We're binded legally. I don't need you on, like, whatever, like, you're giving me. Like, yes, whether it's custom made. Yes, if it's custom made. Like, I still don't need your engraving anything on it. Like, no. Like, I know what it's for. You're going to give it to me. It will be mine. I don't need your name on it. Absolutely not. Because, like, the thing is, if things go wrong, like, I'm not going to want to see your name on that shit. Like, I'll be like, Ooh, look at this nice shit I still have. Like, I don't want to see your name on it. Fuck you. But that's the thing. I I know, but I'm a pessimistic ass bitch. Okay. So it's not going to happen. But I I see what you're saying. And my kind of point towards the engraving and the customization of the ring is kind of an opposite to your theory, but almost kind of works with it. So with that being said, you're like, when you're going to say you're in a fight with your significant other and you look down at the ring that they got you. And not only is that the ring they got you, but their fucking name is on it. You're going to get mad. Think about it in the 
other situation though like say it's like your 30th anniversary in the future and you still love that motherfucker somehow or it's your something anniversary in the future and you look down at your ring and dip and you're just like oh there's his name that's Girl. the person i married like not only is this a ring but Girl, this has his name on it whether <laughs> i just watched my big fat Girl, whether it's engraved emotional. on it or not if we're in a fight and i look at it i'm gonna know what it represents it doesn't matter if it's engraved or not bitch i don't give a fuck not only that but i'm gonna okay, assume yeah. we're living in the same home i'm gonna know you and 30 years years down i'm still gonna know the fuck out of you so like it doesn't matter engraved or not i don't care here's the thing if we're in a fight and i look down and i see his freaking name on my cartier bracelet or something you know i'm gonna take that shit off and throw it right at him i'm sorry like i i think that 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 wouldn't be a helpful way to be like remember when you were in love it'd be like yeah bitch on top of that he freaking engraved his name on your cartier bracelet uh, i don't know i don't know if it would be a tool to calm me down i'd probably get more heated no, and that's the thing. I'm not saying in a way to calm me down, but say you're having like a good moment with that person or like you you miss that person. You're overseas or whatever on type of, type of trip or whatever. And you look down and you're like, oh, there's his name. You should be the type of girl to just know whether you look at the thing he gave you or not. It still symbolizes your relationship, engraving or not. You know what? I, I, might, I might be going to the not engraved mm -hmm. side now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I might be going there. You know what? At the end of the day, here's the real tea. We're all <laughs> fucking single. That is true. We aren't even, like, we don't even have somebody that we're dating to even, like, have the engagement conversation uh -huh. with. Like, I'm still trying to form the fucking sentences together to tell this guy fucking like him. Or tell this guy or ask some guy out to fucking dinner or get drinks at them. So like, who the fuck are we to talk? I'm, like, actively avoiding texting guys back. So, yeah. I feel that. I'm not either, but let the right one come and I'll be there. Mm. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the gag. Now it's time to wrap up this episode with our teachable moments where we just share a little something that we took away from this episode, what we learned, what we want to share. Um, so for me, I've learned that I will throw hands to someone who proposes to me with a $16 Walmart ring. What That's if it was 35 and from Target? You know what? It's, you know, it, it's Target. I don't, you know what? No, no. <laughs> it's still Target. It's Target. No. Yeah. If you got to walk through a junior's aisle to get to where my ring is at, it's not happening. If you can self check out to buy the <laughs> ring, <laughs> no, ma'am. Mm -mm. Oh my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So for me, my teachable moment is that uh, Zane, Liam, and Harry, um, they can run a train on me. It'll be on OnlyFans, and it'll be recorded by by Niall and Louis, because they will not. That, that, that's the extent that they will be. <laughs> so there would be, like, two different camera angles. Yes, two different camera angles of the foursome. And yes. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good that you got extra duty on deck. <laughs> you know, hopefully you prep before that so you don't got extra duty on set either. Um, Listen, I'm not on the, some Chris Crocker type shit. I'm good. <laughs> my God. <laughs> um, my teachable moment would be that I really just be thinking I live in some Nicholas Sparks ass fantasy and shit where I could get proposed to with a piece of straw bent into a <laughs> ring, and I'm gonna think that's cute because my boyfriend or my man, or my summer fling just got that from the beach or whatever where we met on our first day. And it's not that type of fantasy, baby. We in a pandemic, and maybe that's how my love life is about to pan out the same way. So all different things that we've learned from Walmart wedding rings to train running on Ali. Choo-choo. Yeah, choo-choo indeed. All sound pleasurable and all sound not so pleasurable. Depends on your preference, you know. But we, we don't judge nonetheless. Whether you want to get a train run on you or you want a $16 Walmart ring, or if you want both and you want the ring from the person that ran a train on you or from one of the people that ran the train on you. Listen, if you want to raise your standards and get a Target one too, we're not judging. That's okay. Yeah. Honestly, I would rather be it Target and Walmart than like Winn-Dixie or something. That is a fuck no. <laughs> like Girl. that is a Florida shit. If you're getting my, <laughs> like, 
like that's the thing that's where i'm saying fuck my fantasy and my foo-foo fruitiness and all that shit not fuck that girl you're going to you're driving 20 minutes down the dolphin expressway to go to walmart or target at least to grab me my wedding you're not about to get that shit from win dixie if you get that shit from kmart <laughs> you better give me the receipt because i'm gonna go back and ask for that money that is disrespectful girl they're not gonna be no registers open because that's how <laughs> kmart runs bitch kmart if you get that shit from kmart i'm breaking up with you there's that's like it. return that shit. You might as mm-hmm. well keep the receipt. I there's a Kmart not that far from my house. I never really see like you know the parking lot that full, but I know it exists. Yeah. If you give me a Kmart ring, you're moving out and you're gonna go live in Kmart. Yeah. Kmart is the place where people in heaven go shop at because it's just full of spirits. And you don't really <laughs> see nobody, and you know everybody in heaven does the thing that like our overseas aunties do when they come to the country to get care packages they come down to kmart to get their their microwaves and their refrigerators and their one direction cds to then bring over it to heaven that's why you don't see nobody there yet they're somehow still in business so shout out to the spirits that run in kmart still but also shout out to kmart because that literally like has such significance in my childhood because that's where i got my first britney cd all that but that's a whole other fucking story yeah and so with that being said, this episode has been a fucking story and it's about to end. So I'm Joey. I'm Ali. And I'm Zia. And it's been the gag, the gas gathering. We'll see you guys next week for new episodes and episodes every Friday. And it's been fucking real. Pick out your engagement rings. Bye. Bye. <laughs>